0: Traveling the Vortex.
1: All hail Robot
2: Explorers! It's space exploration made easy with the all-new Mechanoid! The ultimate multi-purpose robotic tool! Landing site needs cleaning... Send in the Mechanoids! Planetary surface needs terraforming? The Mechanoids can do it in half the time! City construction? Well, the Mechanoids can do that too! Now programmed with a new Variety Vocal Package! Select the voice, sit back, and relax, as the Mechanoid keeps you up to date with all what's happening in your new colony world! We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed episode number 263! I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. How are you enjoying your new robots? Well, mine's on the fridge, but uh, (laughs) what else is new? Mine's off exploring.
1: Mine locked me in a room and fed me bananas for a week. (laughs) 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 I had to burn the house down. (laughs) Robot overlord, then.
2: (laughs) Well, then, should we move on to news? Our first bit of news is Doctor Who has made the shortlist for the drama category in the 2016 National Television Awards. Congratulations! So, on January 20th, the award show will take place. It is going up against Downton Abbey, which saw its final episode top the ratings on Christmas Day, Broadchurch,
3: and Casualty. Is, it, is Broadchurch still a. Uh David Tennant vehicle? Yeah, he's still in
0: it? he's, he's It's coming back for season, season
1: three, or it's just started season three. Uh,
2: th- the third season will be shown this year, sometime.
1: Coming back for season three.
2: And Casualty is entering its thirtieth year on television.
3: So, some <laughs> steep competition.
0: I've yeah, been around. That's, that's like i I've ER. been around
1: all those thirty <laughs> years,
3: and I've never heard of Casualty. So,
1: it's started a large number of. Uh, well british actors in general but who Guests in particular is that that right? it, it's it's just kind of one of those shows that you you go and guest star on casualty
0: yeah,
2: yeah it's kind of like the er
1: it's kinda, oh, it's kinda oh ER. is it a hospital, yeah, it's a hospital or a hospital
3: drama.
2: trauma uh, or
1: maybe emergency over here would be a closer yeah. i i assume casualty doesn't necessarily
2: yeah it's, it's casualty over there is not fatality it's not a death casualty
3: it's a it's not the army here either did you realize that i did not know yeah that. i didn't it well, occurred to well, me until i was watching something and a casualty is anybody that's injured in the Army. Uh, now, so in that's police lingo in or. or in emergency services yeah. lingo here, a casualty is death.
2: Injury but. is casualty in the U.K., yeah. Uh, David Tennant has been nominated for drama, drama performance for Broadchurch, along with, uh, oh, nope, sorry. <laughs> Unfortunately, Capaldi and Jenna Coleman did not make the short list. <sighs> Ooh. No other Who related people were nominated. Hobbit guy was. Hobbit guy? Hey <laughs> Hobbit guy. I
3: thought you just said Hobbit guy. No, I Hobbit I know who Martin was. Freeman is. <laughs> Nothing for Sherlock? Oh wait, they've been off for like two years. So. Oh wait, that's for next year. <laughs> Because it didn't air Excuse until 2016.
2: Me. I think I have the hiccups. Oh goodness! Ah, uh, another bit of news: BBC America has confirmed that they will be co-producing the Doctor Who spin-off series, Class, and it will air sometime in autumn 2016, both in the UK and the US.
3: So we'll be able to see it here. Yes.
1: And for those wondering, yes, we will be putting that on the on the schedule for review purposes. Um, I don't know yet if we'll tackle it like we do who with a week to week or if we'll just do a we'll probably
2: do it more like torchwood more
1: like torchwood or sarah jane where we kind of lump the whole season together and give our impressions it's only going
2: it. to be eight episodes anyway yeah. so
1: that's what we're leaning toward but things change who knows glenn doesn't change <laughs> 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 and tangentially related to bb Two
2: doctor who dirk gently is getting a new that's
1: my water that's your water.
2: is getting this a is new series water. on bbc america that's my water
0: no, that's your one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's not the Stephen Mangan BBC4 series, so we're all sad about that. Boo.
1: Boo. Maybe they'll bring Stephen Mangan back to play him, even though it's a new series.
2: I'd, I'd be okay with that. I'd be alright with that. He was such a great Dirk Gentleman. That he was. Okay, and our last bits of news. Uh, we have some big finish news of Something coming up between April, June, April and June, the master will return to the main range for the first time since October 2003.
1: Back up. Say that again.
2: The master will be returning to the main range for the first time since 2003. So that does not include Dark Eyes, etc. Ah, okay. The main range. So that means he's going up against five, six, and seven. Those doctors. It's a trilogy of double discs. And we'll see three Doctors battling two incarnations of the Master. Ooh. So it's the two Masters. Uh, Peter Davison will face off against Jeffrey Beaver's returning. Sixth Doctor will have in a story penned by Justin Richards. Uh, (laughs) I say that because I know Sean likes him so much. Uh, Colin will be facing Alex McQueen... Which I'm assuming that's the Dark Eyes Master, right Glenn? I believe that's right. And then the saga concludes with the two Masters. um, With Sylvester McCoy facing Beavers and McQueen. So that's really exciting. It's our first Big Finish Audio multi-Masters story. I don't think they've done it in books either, have they?
0: Not to my knowledge. Harvest
2: of Time comes closed. But it's not quite.
1: I, can, can we get a, a, a multi-master story without the Doctor?
2: <laughs> I'd be okay with that. <laughs> or or, or what, what if the Doctor shows <laughs> no. up?
1: Kind of kind of do a reverse of the five Doctors. We'll just do the five Masters, and then the Doctor can show up for, you know, 15, <laughs> 15 minutes. <laughs>
2: <clears throat> and then they have, Big Finish isn't done there with the Master. They're going to pit... Django and Lightfoot against (laughs) the (laughs) Bastard.
3: I hadn't heard that. I heard the other part. Uh, Let's see. Yeah, Alex McQueen is is the one that's in Dark Eyes. I had to confirm that. I was pretty sure. He Uh, also uh, starred with Peter Capaldi on uh, The Thick of It. Oh. I'm trying to find the... And he was in Cinderella.
2: Oh, so apparently... Oh, yeah, that's right. He was the crier. Uh, he had a very brief appearance at the very end of the tenth doctor or the tenth box set for Django and Lightfoot, It will occur throughout the next run in se- season eleven. Very cool. Eleven seasons of Django and Lightfoot. That's insane. That is
3: insane. It just seems like <laughs> yesterday that they we were excited that there was a spinoff of it. I mean, it was it had already been out, but <laughs> <laughs> we discovered there was a spinoff. It was new to us. Although it's like, seasons it's like could four be episodes, four well, episodes, yeah, a so a season they could have started back when we were first doing this because I, I think they run two or three seasons in a year so. Yeah,
2: something like that. Still. and there's going to be a 12th season already yeah. announced
3: for pre, and you can pre-order. We need to get on that. We're getting that's all running away from us. Yeah, very quickly. <laughs> give us a reason to give talent get Talons back on the Friday night. Who? Uh, schedule Sean <laughs> woohoo oh <laughs> uh-huh.
1: uh
2: and there's one other bit of news that we didn't talk about in advance but I'm going to bring it up now uh, recently i don't know if you, if anybody saw the
1: post you can't extrapolate new news
2: on our facebook page earlier this week um moffitt has recently come out Filling some quote unquote plot holes oh, yeah.
3: from uh, Heaven
2: Sense. Did you guys read that article? Yeah, I did read that article. What do you guys
3: think? Uh, I'm satisfied, but I don't like when you do that. <laughs> I thought there and were people really I needed. Mean, you have to come out afterwards. It's like the placard in the uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. <laughs> Tim Burton DVD. I was satisfied.
2: But yeah, with yeah I'm plot satisfied. Holes, yeah.
3: <laughs> they were kind of what I already
2: assumed, anyways. Yeah.
1: Well, and the the one no,
2: because
3: you told me you ran around the first
2: time well, naked. Okay.
3: <laughs>
1: I kind of that was He, he honestly, Did explicitly say
2: that he didn't run around naked. <laughs> that
1: that was the one I had a problem with. Actually, it was like he just put on some random dude's clothes. Put on some. Well, where did those come from? I mean, now all of a sudden the whole thing starts to unravel if you pull up that one. Well, He's running around naked is like yeah, okay, whatever.
3: <clears throat> no, because where did the soup come? Where did the food come? Where from? I mean, well, he did, did all all had, had to be placed. placed there. Yeah, which, which I, we all assumed he painted anyways. <laughs> I don't have a problem with the clothes being there, because there were other things just being there when he was there. I had a problem with...
2: The Time Lord set it up for him. The entire thing is a trap and a cage for him, so why wouldn't they put random stuff in there if he might need those?
3: Right. I I don't have a problem with the fact that there's stuff there. I have a problem with the fact that he picks up clothes that were clearly his before. (laughs) That's the first time that we see him.
2: But so. it's not his first time. But it's
1: not his first time through the loop.
3: I know. Yeah. So how is that a problem? <laughs> because I don't have a problem with it except for they don't explain what happened the first time. That's okay. what I'm saying. Okay. If it hadn't okay. been just his clothes, if it hadn't been his clothes, I wouldn't have had a question. If it had been some random clothes that he got from somewhere else, then I wouldn't have had that problem. But it's his clothes. So that, ha- that makes you go to the... Okay, what happened on the first loop? Yeah, <laughs> or before the loop started.
2: Anyways, if you want to read the fuller details of what he said, it's also in the <coughs> latest Doctor Who magazine, I believe, is where all this. That's where he came from. answered the
1: questions. Yeah. yeah.
2: So go pick up the newest issue of Doctor Who ma- magazine and read all these plot holes being filled that don't need to be filled because you can assume your own answers.
1: Woot. Woot.
2: That's it for news. Shall we move on to feedback? Let's. Our feedback this week comes from Chris. He says, Hi, Glenn, Sean, and Keith. Hi, Chris. A belated Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you all. This is actually my third or fourth attempt over the past few months to send you guys feedback via the Email Us form on the website. But I suspect that for whatever reason, you never actually got any of them. Therefore, I'm going to try emailing you directly instead of using the form and hope that you'll get it this time. We did, Chris. We apologize that we didn't get your previous ones. We don't know what happened. I have since tested the Email Us tab on the website, and it worked. So I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, But we will make sure we keep a closer eye out for any emails that might... Be slipping through the cracks.
1: We're going to assume that Keith dropped the ball. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Once again, my name is Chris, and I'm a lifelong Hoovian and a huge sci-fi fan in general. I had the pleasure of meeting and visiting with you all briefly following your live podcast you did at TopCon this year. Since then, I've thoroughly enjoyed listening to your podcast each and every week. I'm also trying hard to get caught up on with all of your past episodes as well. I'm now up to like episode forty. Anyways, just wanted to say hi and give a, quick, a few quick comments.
1: And again, Chris, we apologize.
2: <laughs> and thanks for listening. First of all, what an amazing season of Doctor Who this has been. It wasn't perfect, no season ever is, but what an improvement over season 8. In my humble opinion, even the weakest episodes this year were better than some of the best ones last year. The three-part season finale was so mind-blowingly awesome. If I had one minor, major complaint, though, it would be that ever since the day of the Doctor, we've been given this big build-up about how, how Gallifrey is lost somewhere in a pocket universe and the Doctor is on, his, on this quest to find it. But now, suddenly, it's back, without the Doctor's help, and with absolutely no explanation as to how or why. Honestly, to me, it felt like a real cheat and kind of a big letdown. Oh well, guess you can't have everything. Also, I really enjoyed this year's Christmas special. It was actually a pleasant surprise, because when they first announced that it was going to be another River Song episode, I was prepared to be all underwhelmed. Frankly, from the beginning. Uh, Frankly, from the beginning, I was never particularly a big fan of the character or her story arc. I think part of it, for me, had to do with the very obvious age difference between Alex Kingston and Matt Smith, which made River's romantic pursuit of the Doctor feel a bit awkward and even a bit creepy at times. Plus, I'd no point that I would ever feel like the 11th Doctor had any serious romantic feelings for her. Certainly nothing like Ten's obvious feelings for Rose. But I have to say that this episode really worked for me. The chemistry between Alex and Peter Capaldi le- felt so much more natural. By the end of the episode, my entire opinion of River and the Doctor's relationship has changed, now I wish we could have gotten to see more of her and Twelve together. Oh, and how cool was it when he gave River the sonic screwdriver that she has in Silence of the Library? My only question now is: Do the events of this episode conflict with what we see in the Night and the Doctor last night mini miniisode?
3: Keith agrees.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, no, no, it doesn't because they go to they go far enough in the actual story to say those instances he backed out and wound up taking her somewhere else. That's
1: right, that's right. So yeah, it it technically kind of rewrites that, but it rewrites it it in a clever enough way that I'm okay with it. (laughs) Yeah,
2: yeah. Now, for a bit of a tangent. Yes, I know this is a Doctor Who podcast, but I have to talk a little bit about the new Star Wars movie. Spoiler free,
1: mostly. So, we're going to mostly... Not sound the spoiler horn because <laughs> we haven't even spoiler f- re- filled reviewed it yet. But if you have not seen it yet, and you're, well, what are you waiting for? Um, <laughs> I have. I, that was another thing I did this week. I did watch it again. I got your text, and if I, I don't remember what I was doing, but I thought about it. I was like, I should go, and then we were wrapped up doing something, so I didn't. But
3: yeah, I went and saw it again this week.
1: So you're up to two, and you're at
0: two.
3: I'm, I'm at two. two. Well, now it's. I had comp- to catch up to you guys. Now it's
0: a competition.
3: <laughs> I was I was shocked that I had, it took me that long to go see it again. Did it hold up for you? Just yeah. as good the what second did. time, even better? better. Better because then I was able to kind of focus on things and the issue that we talked about that I had after the show, <laughs> none at all. Okay, none at all. It, 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 it
1: the it, editing thing or the yeah the
3: editing thing. It was fine.
1: See, because I noticed something it the second did, time.
3: Something <laughs> didn't. something <laughs> didn't occur I, I, to I, me. I, yeah, I had the same thing after something you told me it your problem. To me until. I saw it again, and I went, oh, like I, I just had... I played that out in my head differently. I had,
2: We assumed it was going to be like something else yes, and said it exactly. was its own thing.
3: That's exactly what it was.
1: <laughs> Maybe I just let you wind me up for it, because when we got to that point and I watched it the second time, I was really looking for it, and then I went, oh, yeah, I kind of agree with him on that one. So. <laughs> and now we've done a reverse. Anyways. <laughs> I think what it is, I think after you watch it the first time... You're in that nervous, excited.
2: Is it really going to be as good as? The, well, don't let I it be Phantom Menace. <laughs> you know, kind, of, <laughs> kind of,
1: kind of, worry, you know. Yeah. And it just kind of—I I had that it just the hits first you, time. <laughs> and then you're like, "No, I think that was actually pretty good." So then you go see it the second time, and you just let it wash over you. Yeah. You're like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 you know, yeah. okay, yeah." But you
3: don't, you don't have that those uh, inhibitions anymore. Yeah.
1: Sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> Chris continues. Oh, yeah. spoiler by- spoiler horn. <laughs> Spoiler-free mostly horn.
2: Uh, let me start by saying that I liked the movie. I honestly did. The acting was great, the pacing was good, and it had some incredible action scenes and the special effects looked amazing. That said, I really didn't enjoy it as much as I had hoped I would. For one thing, far too many of the plot elements were left- lifted directly out of A New Hope. Personally, I was hoping for something, oh, I don't know, more original. Besides, if they were going to steal plot elements from somewhere, why not something from like Timothy Zahn's Thrawn trilogy, which was a far, far better story overall that we got than what we got in this movie. Additionally, in trying to be a much more serious adult-targeted film, it didn't seem to have a lot of room for the kinds of light-hearted, whimsical, kid-friendly Muppet moments, not to mention a lot of the playful banter between characters. That made the original trilogy so incredibly fun and memorable. Take the new cantina scene, for example. Unlike the original, there was absolutely nothing about it that was either fun or memorable. I could see that about the cantina. I don't know if I agree about the humor. He continues. Something else that really bugged me about this movie was how it totally lacked the epic feel that was such an essential part of Star Wars. People can say what they won about the prequel trilogy. But for all its faults, one thing those movies did very well was to make the Star Wars galaxy feel really big in every conceivable way. By contrast, this movie's story felt so small, so confined, the whole thing could have almost taken place in a single star system. Moreover, many of the major plot points didn't either don't make any sense or have no emotional resonance uh, because they are given no context or explanations and no backstory whatsoever. I could keep going, but I think you get my point. It may have been a good movie, but it was certainly not without some major flaws, and far more than the few I have mentioned here. Well, this is a l- already a
3: lot longer than I intended it to be. <laughs> well, we made it a lot longer.
2: So I'll wrap this up. But I did also want to mention a little project that I've been working on for some time now that I thought perhaps you guys might find interesting. I've been putting together a series of fake movie trailers... For it would be Star Wars, Star Trek, Doctor Who three-way crossover story. <gasps> and overall, I'm very pleased with how they've turned out. The first two trailers focus on the Star Wars vs. Star Trek conflict, whereas the third delves more into Doctor the Doctor's role in the story. He, and he's included a link to his YouTube channel. Check them out. Let him know. Let us know. Let me know what you think. Thanks again, guys. Keep up the great work. Your number one fan in Eskridge, Kansas, Chris. (laughs) Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris.
1: Thank you, Chris, our number one fan in Eskridge, Kansas.
2: And we will check out those trailers that you've made, and we'll make sure we include a link in our show notes to include that.
1: Yeah, I'm a sucker for stuff like that, so (laughs) I'll have to refrain from watching it during the show now.
2: (laughs) And that's it for feedback. Shall we move on to our review? Let's. The Chase. When the Doctor and his companions discover that a group of time traveling Daleks have orders to exterminate them, a dangerous chase across time and space follows. Dun dun dun. They give a much more. a thicker description
1: for Space Museum than they did the chase. <laughs> Well, here's the thing with the chase. They had to there wasn't space as much to it. plot. To it. <laughs> there really wasn't as much plot to it. Uh, I give it a big dun na da. and the I reason really I give it, it a dun dun da is because it's an enjoyable story. Is it a good it's one? Fun. No. It's a lot of fun. It really is. Oh, it's it's not bad. No, it's not. It's uh, not that it's bad. What, I just what, think it's enjoyable. What the chase
2: really has in its benefit, as opposed to some of the other Hartnell stories or even some in the rest of the classic era, is that by the time you start to get bored with a place, they're on to someplace else. That story. They, they did a bunch of short little vignettes of, of, not even vignettes, but that's the best word I can think of. Short contained stories that they put them through, and it just the trappings of them being chased is what holds it together, and that's all you need. I mean, it's so enjoyable.
1: Yes, I, you, you, d- I don't even disagree. with the that.
2: start, where it's the beginning, and they're looking at the space time telegraph, or not uh, or the space visualizer. <laughs> and looking up things, and then sunbathing on the planet, it, the, the chemistry between them is so enjoyable. And then the plot kind of starts to slowly start going.
1: It's it's one that I feel I, it, it's a double edged sword because there there are elements of it like the, the first two part two parts of the story when we're set on this planet that you know the oceans have gone away and we've got this race of guys living under the under the surface f- and this, that's, these creatures and that's a whole episode right there you could do a whole episode with that that has nothing to do with the daleks and the, the being chased it has nothing to do with it they just landed on the planet and this happened there's a part of me that would have liked to have seen that story, <laughs> but the Daleks have to come in and muck it all up and go. no. I, we've but, gotta, but so but we kind of leave all I don't that dangling know if there's because the plot t- there. Well, to, it could have been a, it. it could have been a two parter, maybe a four parter. You know, it doesn't have to be all six.
2: Well, but, I mean, you, even
3: I think two is enough. I think yeah. two is all you need for that story
2: arc. And and,
1: and, and I'd have been fine. I don't that. think
3: four would have extended. It. And quite, we get two pretty much. Quite frankly, I'm glad we only get two with that one because that's my least favorite of the story arcs that we get throughout this. And I don't know that you could do much more than with it, other than the fact that I wanted a little bit to know a little bit m- m- more of the backstory of what happened to the planet, but that was it. And I thought they kind of, they sort of fill that in. The uh, what's the species
1: that I don't even remember now. <coughs> the Atlanteans. They're on
3: Aradeus. Aradeus is that what the name is? The Aradeusians. I <laughs> guess I don't. Know. <laughs> anyway. Sure. Um,
1: our apologies to the indigenous peoples of this planet. Yeah. Well, I
3: think they said that, oh it's the iridians. That's right. Iridians. The iridians and uh I the iridians were very uninteresting to me and they were ver- very cowardly and they they reminded me a little of the censorites a little bit just in the the idea that they have these elders that kind of de- I mean they're very prim- they're like a primitive tribe and I kind of think they they served their function in these two uh Episodes because they find our weary travelers and they want to help them, and then they get over, they get bullied by the Daleks, and basically they're going to be eradicated if they don't turn them over. And that was that was enough. I mean, that was enough for me.
1: So I think that. You mean those, you didn't want like a whole other episode of political intrigue? No, no, no. And, no, and no. the, the, uh, the, no, the, the got guy plenty, is going to take that. over the yeah, uh, the Council well, of Elders. We got plenty with, of that with
2: that sensorized. story, it would have happened. It would have become a capture and escape capture and escape yeah. sort yeah, of situation yeah. but but the, and between the two organ the two groups vicky and and the doctor and barbara and ian and you know between the monsters underneath the surface and the iridians yeah.
3: you know, we, we got the sense rights all over again i just i i think it, it functions as it does just fine in, in the in the type of story that terry nation's ta- telling where we're we 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 land and we have to, we're, ju- we're slightly ahead of the Daleks each time. We end up landing, we get into a situation, and then we're out of there. We land, we get in a situation, we're out of there. And so I didn't want any more. Y- yes, it could have been, and in fact, it, it it was ripe for that era to be its own story. For but I was part really part grateful for the way Terry Nation built this story in the way that he did this way. It reminds me very much, and y- we, you guys haven't seen or or done anything with Daleks Master Plan, but... That was kind of the idea that Terry had with Dalek's master plan was it was so it, he it, it, this it. is really the chase again is what it is this is the second chase because the Daleks are chasing Stephen and and uh, uh well Katarina for a while and then and then eventually Sarah Kingdom and so it's that same concept that he that's a much larger story because I think that's twelve episodes that is twelve part, yeah, right. and or twelve parts and so. It's it's a it's a much bigger scope, but he kind of comes back and does the same thing, and I think that's why I like the these delayed. two because we don't have, you know, Terry Nation's first story was seven parts, and it was <laughs> it was one part was whole crossing again. It was a really dry, <laughs> long, dragged out. So Terry got the he got it right when he started. I mean, like he even even Dalek's invasion of Earth is is. Kind of a lengthy story. It is long. Story. So and there's six, more six, action seven? and there's more things going on. It's, it's, it's better it's paced. But he, yeah, he no, learned that time. if he's going to do these long pieces, that he's going to make him very. He's going to make him a little more upbeat and a little more action packed. Yeah, he's going to keep it some, moving. He's going to keep it moving. And yeah, I think that yeah. he, that's what he did well in, in, in his last two.
1: Now, you said that you thought it was. With the, with the first Doctor. Serviceable for what it was. And it's your least favorite part of this. It is my least favorite. Is that because. It's so vastly different from everything that comes after. That's what
3: I like, because everything in this is is vastly different. different. That's what I really like about this story: is the only connection to a story arc is the fact that there are Daleks and they're chasing the TARDIS crew. See, I disagree. And and, and Daleks
2: are the only creatures you can do this sort of story with, really. At least at this point in the show's time, of you don't need a big plot of why are they after him? They're Daleks. That's all you need they want to exterminate Actually, they they want to kill these people who have stopped them twice before and so they have a time machine and they're going after them. that's all you need
3: a perfect world for this story would have been one episode with the eridians uh, one Each story with one on story. on the uh, 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 what was the second place they went was that the the te- the terror uh journey into terror uh, the Flight one through he- eternity is episode 3 what was that one well, eventually new york city part of oh yeah okay. of three so, is New so yeah. yeah so yeah this should have been it should have been new york and then it should have been uh yeah i i i just they spent far too long on eridius
1: see i agree with and you I, that. maybe I that's that the problem i
3: think <laughs> that had they Shorten that, then you would have had the same amount, or oh, nearly the same amount of time in each one, and it would have been. See, I kind of,
2: I, I rather like that. In at part three, we have the two locations in one story because there, there could have been more drama for the Mary Celeste, but for New York, it was kind of like, well, this is a fun little gag, and then we're on to the next. Okay, now we're almost in peril, and then we're off again.
3: Yeah, what they should have. I done don't, I don't is think those should've... two could have been individual episodes. That's what I think should have happened is they should have done the. <laughs> they should have done Iridius and then Empire State and as an episode, a whole episode. See, I don't think they could have Celeste, a a Well, episode. I think that's ultimately what Terry came down on too. As he <laughs> went, I can't drag this out for a whole twenty two twenty two minutes. I mean, no, but no I, deal I, think, great I think it would have all, felt but. a little. It would have been paced off better. But yeah, that's that's, that's my least favorite. I, I enjoyed it. It was fine. I just, I wouldn't. I didn't want to know anything more about the Iridians though. I was done with them. I was like, okay. They serve their point. That's See, the I think
1: I, I come down on, it just, it, it feels to me like because it's so different from all, 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 all of the rest of it, all of the rest of the chase is we land, we're in peril, we escape. We land, we're in peril, we escape. Whether it's a comedic one on New York's Empire but, but, State but Building.
2: the mechanoid two-parter at the end, it's kind of like... <laughs> it, a it, stretch, it's a stretch. book-ended. Well, <laughs> I mean, you're beneath the surface and then above the surface. Yeah. I mean, it's it's... Just like they were, they, they just were above and then beneath. Yeah, above. <laughs> no, they were above below it. Below and then no, above. No, they were below the surface and then they yeah. went above to the city. And oh, mechanoids. the city was
3: above.
1: The city was. Oh, installed. in the
2: mechanoids. I'm sorry. I was. Thinking, yeah. I was back. And, on and it's just... kind of reversed in Arrhenius. Yeah, yeah, it is. yeah. They they start above. That's and then true. Go I hadn't below. thought of that. That's so a it good point. So kind of Keith. the whole thing. Yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't considered that. The fun stuff in the middle. Well, Because.
3: Quite frankly, I wish they would have shoved everything back and did Iridius for one episode and Mechanus for two episodes. Is what I would have preferred. A full, now full they did do with the yeah they did do two yeah you're right they did do but one of them is the jungle Mechanus <laughs> one of them is them trying to escape the doppelganger Doctor which uh, that was fun it was fun. The the problem with this story overall, the the, the the fun of it is 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 they jump from spot to spot. I like that because it really feels like single episodes as opposed, opposed to stretching a story out over four or six. that We get in a lot of classic who oh, space museum is an example of one that wish it <laughs> would only, wish stretched. it had only been two episodes. It felt way stretched out. But I like the, the the way that this was just jumping from here to there, and we had just little pieces of, of things but the the mechanist the the city of the mechanoids was the most interesting to me. That's the one I've always been most fascinated, with, so I wanted more of that. but that's a a quick catcher and escape as well so um
1: and I agree with you there. I think that's another one that's that
3: that's
2: the one that could have been fleshed out well, the most for me also. well while
1: well, well I feel like and i I think this is kind of and for honestly for me, this is kind of a problem that I have with Terry nation is I think he comes up with some fantastic ideas that then all get overridden by the Dalek plot. Because if we're going to do a story where the Daleks are chasing them, I want to do Dalek chase story. And, And I want that bit in the middle. I want that to be the stuff. The stuff at the beginning with Iridius, I really feel like, even if it was only a two-parter, could have been an old standalone thing that the Daleks didn't have any part of. And the stuff with Mechanists, that could have been expanded out into a whole four-part episode with exploring the Mechanoids and what they were doing and where they and came from, cetera, they came et from et et cetera, and giving cetera, us a yeah. little bit more of that and, and the the threat that these things were. Because instead we get just the nuggets of information that Stephen throws at us and then the Daleks show up and there's an epic battle and everything blows up and we we got away. And it's, it's, honestly, I know because you and I come down completely on the opposite direction of this from where you guys did, but it's the same problem I had with Keys of Marinus. Keys of Marinus set us off on a quest. Yeah. And we're going to go bump, a bump, a bump, bump, a bump. And then we didn't. We wound up <laughs> dawdling in one place and having a whole other story arc somewhere else. And I just went, that's not what you promised me. <laughs> it was you, a Terry
2: Nation it one. Was it a Terry was a Terry Nation one. So yeah. that's why
1: I think I have a problem with that. Now, I will say, we know this is the chase now. This was not known as the chase oh, back no, then. No. This was just happened to be six episodes that were strung together. So maybe he didn't even intend to book it. Maybe, you know, maybe that was a happy coincidence that he went, oh, I could book in this with another two episodes here at the end, and that would be kind of cool. Well, I, I don't but- know.
3: Even from that point of view, though, he knows he, he knows he's writing six episodes, so he still could have gone into it, going, okay, my first episode's going to two episodes going to be this, and my last episode is going to be this, and he did. He was conscious of the book ending because even though it wasn't. Set out to be one story arc. It's obviously been put together because it it is Terry from beginning to end. So, Um, my 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 problem with this is I think Terry's story is really good. The acting is subpar in this, and the direction is horrific. And I think the acting would have been a lot better had the directing been a lot been better. I see, think it, I, I was I don't, impressed with some of the camera positions early it, on, and see, then it, it kind of spiraled out even of control. Mean, I don't even mean that. I Just mean, directing of the actors? Yeah, it's the directing of the actors. It's not tight enough. Now, I, I'm fully aware that, that Bill Hartnell was having issues, at this, especially uh, with his lines, and it wasn't until this is probably my third or fourth viewing of this, that it wasn't until this one that I could pick up on the lines that, that William Uh-oh. Hartnell was dropping, and I could pick up on the lines that Ian Chesterson or, or uh, uh, William Russell was picking up. It was real obvious that, oh, that line was supposed to be, uh, uh. William Hartnell's and and William Russell ended up picking it up and, and just going with it. And fortunately, Hartnell, being such a good thespian that he is, he played along with it yeah. and would just fill it in because he, he he was aware that he just he forgot that line <laughs> or he didn't finish a, a, a sentence, and so you know Ian picks it up.
1: And nowhere is that. More painfully obvious than the one scene at the beginning of the Funhouse episode where they're discussing what to do. Yeah. And everybody kind of pauses for a minute. <laughs> and Hartnell starts to talk, flubs it, realizes that he's flubbed it. And then rattles off the rest of his chunk of dialogue all at once, is almost just to get it over and done yeah, with. And then yeah. stops and goes, "Let's check upstairs." Yeah. And it was it was just like wow. So that yeah. that's that where needed they, to have been reshot. That's where this story the comes
3: down is the, the the fact that it's just it's 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 poorly paced in its acting. The, the, the story works, but it's just there's a, there's a lot of stopping and looking around. There's just a lot of. Yeah, pauses where there shouldn't be pauses and somebody having to pick up where they go. And then, yeah, that was the one that I was going to bring up was the the fact that (laughs) William Russell can tell. you just says, I'm going to power through the rest of this, and that's what he does.
1: (laughs) I wonder how much that might have been coupled. I mean, obviously he was starting to have more and more issues as, as time went on, but I wonder how much of that was also coupled with the fact that knowing that this was going to be the exit story for, oh, for Ian and Barbara, he was bothered by and that because yeah. he'd already he was distracted lost. With it, yeah. um, uh, oh, Caroline he, Ford, yeah. yeah, and that Susan that he was going to lose more people. So that could be. I wonder just how much of that was preying on him at the time that they were going through it. And
3: I wonder how early they knew. Yeah. One of the things that pleased me the most about watching this this time is apparently Hulu has the British broadcast version because I got to see the entire Beatles clip. It <laughs> <That> was <laughs> really? the first time that I've seen it. Now, I've seen it on YouTube. Yeah, I had to go look it up on YouTube. But this is the first time that I've seen it. I was watching this, and Holly was in the room, and I was like, and I stood up, and I was like, <laughs> just kind of aghast. And she goes, what's wrong? And I said... This is the first time I've actually seen this in the context of the story. And she's, what are you talking about? And I had explained to her that in the American version of this, they didn't want to pay as much the astronomical cost it would have p- had to put the Beatles in there. So they cut that scene. And I said, but in the UK, because copyright is, works differently, they don't have to pay as much. That is intact in the Brit." So I said, Hulu apparently has the British broadcast version of this and... Nobody knows it. <laughs> See, I just
1: watched d- it on my American television. I didn't know that that was a thing because I assumed that they, they had shot it and they wanted to use it, and then they couldn't come to terms with it and just cut it out altogether. I didn't know it's, that it actually it, even it aired with that. It is actually
3: there. And when they went to really actually, I, I believe the American VHS version has it on. It. Mm. And it wasn't until they went to clear the rights for the DVD version – that they realized they were going to have to pay so much, so it's only the DVD, the American DVD, that that they omit the Beatles scene. And one of the YouTube DVD, version I saw was DVD, not the best quality. <laughs> the DVD in the UK actually still contains that scene because again, copyrights laws are a bit different there, and so they don't have to pay as much. And so,
0: I wish I would have just.
3: I, I,
2: <laughs> I wish I would have known that Friday night, Beatles yeah. No yeah. Well, I got to the end of it uh, Friday night, and I thought. Wait, weren't the Beatles supposed to be in that? <laughs> so I went and fast-forwarded through the first three parts, because I knew I didn't watch it that night. I knew they weren't there. So I went and fast-forwarded through the first three parts. And I'm like, no, I don't see it there. What? It's <laughs> I had to the, go look it know, up when online. When they're looking
1: through yeah. the uh, time
3: TV, <laughs> that's when that comes up.
1: Um, yeah, way, way to invent a television set but make it bigger <laughs> <laughs> with a smaller screen. <laughs> what is it? It's a TV. It's this big.
3: <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, I don't want to tip anybody off, but uh, Hulu in the U.S. has a <laughs> clip that's probably not supposed to be there, but who knows? Yeah,
1: maybe. <laughs> How was the quality on I'm it? Quite pleased with that. Look great. Look, it's just, well, just, just as good as, as, as if they released it yeah. well, on DVD in the I'm U.K. Sure they, they probably I'm sure they vid fired
3: that and remastered it and everything. Yeah. So because
1: I think I've only seen the great. the grainy YouTube or. Which I think I, I owned this one on VHS it's probably which is where been, I caught it. The so.
3: one on YouTube has probably been lifted from the it VHS looked, version. Yeah, 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 I think so.
1: Well that's an interesting slide. So I was we'll a field trip.
3: Very, <laughs> very <laughs> pleased, <laughs> pleased <laughs> to stand up and go, What? <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> I'd never seen it in context to the story. It was
1: yeah. Uh, so is it, it a, is it a replacement segment there, or is it additional?
3: It's additional, right?
2: It's, it's additional. the end of the whole thing. From the Thought, from the impression I got from well, the YouTube clip, in, I saw. Well, in the I can't remember because I've seen the American, American the version. version.
3: Version, it's right after the. Uh, it's right after the Elizabeth the First the Shakespeare, segment. Shakespeare, Shakespeare, yeah. and
2: because that's the last video segment in the American version. Then I think they so, yeah. see well, well. Then they no, land. They,
3: they see something else. Oh, they see the Daleks.
1: Oh, well, Vicky sees they the Daleks. Oh, that is after. Or, uh, they, uh, yeah. uh, Barbara, Barbara Sees the dogs. So After, they landed back, yeah. Already, yeah. Yeah. After no. they've already landed.
2: Though. So they were originally, each one got to choose something to look at, and Vicky chose to be. Yeah, so, so
1: it's it's great. not even that it's, um. so it's just that we have a shorter version. Of yeah, it. Just, yeah. yeah, the first,
3: first episode is My thought was, too, had I been watching along with Friday Night Who, I'd you have gotten behind off. you guys yeah. <laughs> because
1: I have been watching the Hulu copy. Interesting. Having nitpicked that, (laughs) (laughs) I enjoy the chase parts of this. Even
2: even talking about Hartnell and the funhouse part, that entire story was so much fun. Of them being terrified in a Scooby-Doo type mansion and then find out it's literally a funhouse of
3: a haunted house attraction was so great. I know why it was closed, though. Because that Frankenstein monster uh, animatronic was just a little too violent. Uh, I mean, if it was picking kids up and slamming them on the ground like it was doing (laughs) the the Daleks, then yeah, we're probably... Of course, the kids probably weren't shooting at it. But um, had it picked any kids or adults and slammed them down on the ground, that's probably why it's closed. It makes you
1: wonder what... These attractions were built out of <laughs> that they were able to withstand a doll like Death Ray. Well, I mean, Dracula
2: just came out and back and does out it and back say and that was more
3: and the and, the, <laughs> and the, uh, the the Phantom Woman on the stairs too that yeah. does the yell and then yeah it, the ghost yeah um, but. It doesn't say anywhere on that sign what year it is, right? No, it doesn't. and they never allude to what year. It just it is. says it costs ten dollars so to get in. I have to say that it might be in the future when things are a little more impermeable, <laughs> <laughs> or the Dalek death rays aren't as powerful as we think. Well, it makes me wonder it if the Dalek be a death rays are monster. Well, my first thought was maybe the Dalek death rays are only uh, set to organic. Well, effective on organic, yeah. But you have to throw that out once the mechanite... Uh, battle happens because Maybe. they blow the heck out of the mechanoids.
2: So here's a here's a bit of retconning for you: of because of the air encounter with the Frankenstein monster, they adjust their weapons so they or organic, can,
3: and it doesn't affect the mechanics. Yeah, and okay. so then
2: they tweak it so it will affect mechanics when they meet the mechanoids later in the story. Okay, works for me. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> you can explain anything away, <laughs> almost. That whole bit I really loved. <laughs> That was probably one of my favorite parts, aside from New York and Milton
3: Dill, Milton Dill from Alabama. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what I meant was, what year is it? They have different years. <laughs> different years in London. What What year is it in Alabama?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had told. I, I think I knew going into this that uh, Peter Purvis was in this story. And once we got there, I complete. I had forgotten at that point. And then well, he's in it twice. And then the second, day when he shows back up as Stephen, I can go, "Oh, that's this story." Of course, it is.
1: It was so cool to see that after talking to him yeah. at Time Eddie, yeah, and and just he was such a hoot in this, and and deserving, I think, of a little place in history for surviving the encounter with the dog after laughing at one no. <laughs> <You know? laughs> that he survived his encounter with yeah. the dog. He wasn't just blasted into the ether. And I don't know if you saw on Friday. I, I have I have a petition now that we need to start for Stephen Moffat. We we need to get Peter Purvis to come back in New Who as Morton Dill. <laughs> His present age. I
3: wish we had asked him to do a Hey Morton Dill impression we should have I wonder if he can still do it.
1: But but he, he he has spent the last you know fifty years in an asylum. <laughs> he's been locked up, and he's now convinced himself that what he saw was in fact a hallucination. He all the doctors are right, and they're releasing him, and he comes out the stairs and he stands there for a minute, gets a good breath of fresh air, and looks across the street, and the TARDIS dematerializes. And he turns around and goes back inside. <laughs> <laughs> Make a great little that's it.
3: Uh, <laughs> like mini-sode. Oh, yeah. Put on so just, just,
1: just that's it.
3: Oh, Morton. <laughs> I, like, I, like, I like when Doctor Who explains mysterious events in history as well. So oh, the, yeah. The Mary, so the Mary Celeste is night. brilliant. Because for people that don't know, the Marie Celeste was found. It's an American sailing ship that was found by a Canadian crew, deserted. And the lifeboat was gone. And it was missing one sail, I believe. And uh, the the captain's wife and child were on board. And I love that this goes so far to explain that that's what happened to the crew of this ship. Was <laughs> they were chased off by Daleks.
1: What did you think of the um, Dalek humor <laughs> that was peppered throughout this? The, the uh, oh, the one Dalek emerging from the sand, coughing. And uh, the the really bad uh, what's the word I want to use gritchiness of the the one Dalek who was in command is kind of barking orders. The other one's you know we're gonna go do this. And everybody just kind of stood there for a minute. And he's like, all right, go ahead, go do it. And everyone's like, oh, okay. And then the one that was gurgling and stuttering. <laughs> yeah, like, we had a stuttering Dalek. I had never noticed that until this,
3: until this viewing.
1: No wonder you guys are losing. <laughs> Sometimes Daleks forget their lines, too. <laughs> hey, just maybe it was a bad clone batch. <laughs>
3: uh, yeah. I just I, I the Marinus the 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 city on Marinus the elevated city with the mechanoid or not Marinus mecanus with the, with the uh, Mechanoids has always been. One of my favorite pieces of this story. And just, it's. Well, and
2: it would have been so fascinating to see how the jungle underneath played into the city. Like, exploring that kind of dynamic a little bit more of the mechanoids up here and the organic below and the conflict almost between them. They could have fleshed that up more, I think.
1: Yeah. Well, and at what point does. Now, this this is. I'm going to kind of tip my hand a little bit toward the adversary part of the archive of this show, but. At what point did the mechanoids who were sent down here to terraform the planet go, wow, killer fungus, we're just going to leave the lights on and we're going to build a city on stilts. (laughs) Okay. We're not going to actually terraform anything. We're just going to build a city on stilts. It doesn't look like... it it, It doesn't look... It looks indigenous to the planet. It's, this was not built by mechanoids. Yeah, yeah. no, no. They probably kicked <laughs> whoever was living there out and we took over to the go. treehouse. Well, because- don't you don't you sort
3: of get the impression though from just the dialogue in this story that the well they did they send the mechanoids ahead of yeah. the crew. See, I got the impression. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. So there was no crew. It was when Stephen's crew went to find out what was going on that. But-
1: And he crashed, but I mean, it's still, it's it's because one of the things that I always appreciate is is when the production, and we've talked fairly highly about Doctor Who production values as opposed to some circles. One of the things that I always appreciate is when you're doing a science fiction thing and you take that production logic step with, okay, if the alien's going to look like this, the city should look like this. You know, you you don't just put a, a rectangular doorway in because they're, trapezoid-looking beings. So you make trapezoid-looking doorways. Stuff like that makes sense to me. Uh, Scaro in the Daleks, with the fact that the doors scroll open and they're all kind of... You'd have to wedge a Dalek sideways through the door, but it's the same shape. Yeah, That makes sense to me in a certain... There's no way the mechanoids built this place. Those hallways are just narrow enough for one to roll through, and they have to (laughs) wait and get somebody. They wouldn't have built that. That's not logical for robots. But if they're programmed to build it for a
2: humanoid species, that's the impression. But it didn't look like a humanoid city either. The mechanoids
3: Uh, come to this planet and they realize that it's going to be colonized by humans. So they realize that the planet is inhospitable for humans. They have the job of terraforming this planet. But they have humans that are coming. So the first thing we do is we build a city on stilts so that humans have a place to live while the mechanoids then are later to go down and terraforming and do further their work. But something happens in the programming and they become corrupt and hostile. So they end up living in the city that they built for the humans and... You're right. It's not very human friendly either. But again, that was just I'll, more of a I'll, scientific overthrow design. I
1: will buy the logic of that statement, but not the production of that, that statement. statement. <laughs> not the design. It's just, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a beautiful city, it's a cool design. It just doesn't fit any of the elements of the story. I could see. Unless I there know. was a fungus people could, that were living there I and the mechanoids see, kicked them out. I, I would have see, liked to have seen that story. I you know? could see
3: humans living there. I, I didn't think there was any any problem for humans living there, door wise or hallway-wise or anything. So We
1: wouldn't have built that.
3: <laughs> we wouldn't have, but the mechanoids think that's what's right for the humans. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> Maybe dad They also keep families. us in, cage, in cages and feed them bananas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I get the impression that maybe that's what, maybe there's the key. Maybe they were building that as a zoo. So, whatever animals that they trapped, they would put into this city and it would become a zoo. And so, the idea was to study the animals that were on the planet ahead of the humans coming. So, they already had an idea and a database and a knowledge of the indigenous species of the planet. So, they build cages and they have bananas and and because there's obviously slats on this for viewing and so that's the idea is that they're going to trap these animals when the humans come they've already built a database of the indigenous species on this planet and so that's why it's built in such the way that it is and then of course the corruption happens and when Stephen crashes the specimen that they have is a human and they throw him in the animal cages so they obviously gave I him a bunch of lumber as well. <laughs> yeah. He built a jungle gym, <laughs> <laughs> or they thought they were
2: going to have apes in that. And I can't decide if kind of ape.
1: <laughs> I can't decide if Stephen is the best kind of, of companion to pick up at this moment or the worst, because we're, I'm trapped in a zoo and they gave me hammer nails and a bunch of two by fours. So I built this. <laughs> 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 it's like, you couldn't have built a. A battering ram, or a, <laughs> you couldn't have laid the two-by-fours down and prevented the mechanoids from getting back in the room, or you, know, you could have tripped them, could have built a, a a push stick and knocked them off the rail. Like, I don't know. Come up. No, I built this. I, I love the fact also
3: that the, one of the stumbling blocks of this is, is that oh, Stephen's been there for two years. Now, maybe it took a good part of a year and a half to build stairs to the roof, but he's been there a good part of two years, and it's not... Ian walks out on the thing and goes, well, we can use this cable to lower down the side. We can just pull it out of this this wall. And Steven says, you know, I had thought of that.
0: <laughs>
3: <laughs> Ian stepped out after being here for 10 minutes. You took you two years to figure this out? I mean, or were you just saying, oh, yeah, I thought of that? Because, you know, you hadn't, but you had to make it look like you were
1: smart. In, in fairness, Ian also walked almost walked right off the yeah, edge no, of no, the roof really. when he got up there. <laughs> and, just, and Ian did
3: make... The, the point that it was going to take more than one person to yank that axe yeah. the uh, it, it lead it cable out of the, yeah that.
1: I'll buy that sure <laughs> <laughs> I just I, I the over engineering award goes to Steven's Jungle Gym. <laughs> <laughs> just, you didn't you didn't see me because you were I died laughing so hard he, <laughs> so, I mean, they gave me that I built this <laughs> and he's so proud of it it's just Dude, you built a jungle, dude.
0: I mean again you gotta keep
1: fit. If the if the kids come over, I want to be able to point to something in the backyard and go, I built this. You know? <laughs> I would be justifiably proud of that too. I'm not knocking it, because if I were to knock it together, it would not look that grandiose or grand, and I'd probably I didn't been think his looked all that grandiose or <laughs> well, right? anything. It, it, it like was something I'd put together. It was sturdy. Yeah. I'll say that because, you know, if I'd climbed up to the roof, it would have fallen apart and I'd still be up there. <laughs> but,
3: <laughs> Sean, if it's any consolation, I would have climbed up anything that you built.
1: <laughs> Case in point. But, yeah, I, oh, man, I laughed so hard at that. That's one of the things that I think is what's so much fun about this. Is that there is with, a lot of humor. Even with the plot failings, there's a lot of humor that, that carries this. And even that's if it's accidental it's, humor. Even if it's accidental. And that's why the story is so much fun to watch. Even going back to the Iridians, there were moments of, of genuine humor. Now. <laughs> of, of
2: Vicky getting after Ian to run, and then Ian getting after Vicky to run.
1: <laughs> that whole interchange was great. I, I, I don't know at what point in time our companions took the stupid pills <laughs> because we're going to pull on this ring, and she's freaking out about No, don't do it because the door will open. He's like, ah. And he pulls on the ring and breaks it, and then the door opens. Well, let's go downstairs. <laughs> let's go downstairs. Like, without even talking about it. It's just like, ooh. And she helps her down, and then he climbs in. It's like, you guys never watched the show? There's something bad in the basement. <laughs>
2: don't go down there. Dan should know long enough. He's led the show.
0: Uh, Mickey, least, I can least, forgive. She's
1: still new to this. Ian well, should know
2: better.
3: At least Barbara didn't touch any seeds. <laughs> take that a step further. When the doctor in the, in the uh, funhouse, when the doctor and Ian are upstairs, and he they unveil the lab, and the doctor's headed down the stairs. Ian even hesitates. Is like, no, I don't think we should go down there. <laughs> so at that point, he realizes it's not good to go down into a room you don't know where you're going. But then they go down and then downstairs. The doctor t- turns right the around. The doctor and go- goes. Oh, the best is when the monster st- sets up, and the doctor doesn't even say anything. He just turned, turns John, around
1: right and the
3: flees. And, like, and he leaves the behind and Ian's still <laughs> sitting there looking at the monster.
1: And you notice the way Hartnell delivers the line. He's at the top of the stairs, and it's almost an afterthought. Chesterton! <laughs> <laughs>
3: <And> <laughs> you know. He get halfway. He pauses for a couple of beats, too, and then he <laughs> says, it's Chesterton! Come on!
0: Get
1: out of there! <laughs> <laughs>
3: So yeah, those, those
1: moments
2: work so and well. And Ian's in line, in, shortly after, of "Where's your sense of adventure?" went away with that flock of beat <laughs> bats that attacked. <laughs>
1: I love the when when these come up with the theory that we're inside the human mind. <laughs> <laughs> what a the, high-minded the, idea. Yeah. Yeah.
3: And you're thinking the first time you see this, oh, yeah. you're thinking, "Oh wow, we're doing another like mind-robber type I thing tweeted where that. Thinking, "Oh wow, you know, what does uh, this a where are fiction? we? what's, what's it, going on?" Yeah, yeah, what is going on here? And then, well, because even no, they hadn't even
1: They hadn't, done they it hadn't even
3: engaged the uh the uh Celestial Toymaker at this point, which is mm-hmm. a little bit of a kind of a high minded idea as well. So, yeah, but you, you first time you see this from our perspective, you're going, Oh, wow, well, that's a yeah, that's how are they going to pull this off? This is weird and kind of you know, high minded. And, and and then <laughs> when they leave and it pans down to the funhouse, it's like,
0: Oh, oh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what was so great was which makes watching because the dogs I don't think could. Good- be there. If well it was. It's,
3: it's funny because it's just after they have the conversation of being in the mind and being safe the Daleks can't come here and they cut yeah, away to that the, open the room and the out. Daleks show up and <laughs> then you're going the Daleks have figured out how to get into the human
0: mind.
1: <laughs> it's so great watching the Twitter reactions because everybody's tweeting along and having a good time and then all of a sudden we lit into the fun house and Everybody was silent for about five minutes, and then he's like, "Please tell me they're in the land of fiction." <laughs> <laughs> and right after that,
0: Herbert,
1: I, I am Dracula. <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> right after it just that opened the floodgates, and everybody was like, "What is going on here?"
0: <laughs> and so I, I Scooby. It's I a, wish I had been. There.
1: I had the benefit of because I've seen this one before, but it's been so long. So when we broke last week and officially ended after part three. I confess, I didn't stop. I kind of <laughs> rolled on a little bit, and I wound up watching almost all of part four before I finally gave up and said, okay, i got to get some sleep because I work tomorrow. So I was very fresh on it and knew the twist of what was coming up, but just sitting there watching, everybody going, what are they doing? What's what's with the Scooby-Doo stuff? They going- and, and, and just really almost getting to the breaking point of, okay, the story's lost me now. And then Almost. hitting that reveal, and as one of going, oh, uh, and you could hear it. It was audible. It was so great. <laughs> and that, that's, again, it's one of those moments that works for such a goofy thing that it shouldn't. It does when yeah, you, you tag really that on there.
3: I think I'm going to add that to my uh, Halloween watch list next year, though, since it has Frankenstein's monster and Dracula. <laughs> you, there you go. you got to... The first time I saw this episode, I was giddy. I was like, well, I don't know how this is happening, but I love this.
1: <laughs> well, look the, at the, the the stuff that Ian and the doctor share. When they figure that moment out on the stairs, and they think they're safe, and they come on down the stairs, and then, whoop, and they skip over that yeah. last step yeah. with the creek <laughs> the because they creek. know what's going to happen. And this is, you know, the chemistry there is so good.
2: Yeah, that That's one great thing about this story is the doctor and... Ian gets some one-on-one time Mm -hmm. to really shine, and Barbara and Vicky get some time together to shine, too. Well, And And then you get the, early on, the the Vicky, they, they split them up individually in pairs well enough that you get nice bits for chemistry throughout the whole thing.
1: And it's not that it's a necessarily a new template, because they used to do that obviously when Susan was yeah, around that she yeah. would pair up with but it, Barbara. But
2: it's so slightly different because Ian has been around for so long. Right. So has Barbara. And it's nice so to bar- see
1: Barbara pair back up with somebody now and have those yeah. kinds of moments again that she hadn't had for a while. Yeah.
2: And like when they're laying on the beach and once that horrible noise, oh my singing, what? It's it's just <laughs> that sort of close relationship that they have with the doctor now. Yeah. It's so nice
0: to see that.
3: Well and it's 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 almost Fitting and sad too. At the end, when they decide to tell him that they're leaving, yeah, and the doctor goes into that whole—they just—they go back to that whole <laughs> argument, argumentative of crew that that, that we yeah. had so often in the very beginning, and it's it's almost fitting, but but also a little bit sad because they were just you know reveling in the fact that they had defeated the Daleks and everybody was happy and Ian was congratulating the doctor for defeating them once again and which. In my opinion, Ian did just as much as the Doctor did at <laughs> defeating the MechaNoids. But yeah, and the although the Doctor is the one that set off the device yeah. that blew the w- thing up, w- which blew up with one Steve Dalek. in it, <laughs> he blew up one Dalek. But ca- No, but it, yeah. Well, I guess the you could say the battle probably the, caused the, the fire. Yeah. But I got the impression <laughs> that the fire spread. Yeah. That the Daleks and the MechaNoids were kind of hindered by that in their battle, and I think the battle looks fantastic. I like how you, they were so limited. On how to shoot something like that, so they resulted. They resorted to the whole uh, uh, superimposed shots and the to get the action in the field. Yeah. That there's this epic battle happening. The only thing that I had a problem with, and again, we don't always poke on production, but was the little cartoon explosion. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, now, see, I, I that was I right went, in there. That was right, <laughs> right part of that. I'll yeah. allow it, but. <laughs> <laughs>
3: I I liked Ian and Barbara's departure. What do you think of the the still frame montage at the end of that? It was a bit different, but it felt very much that time. Yeah, I I agree. And the first time that I saw this story, I really liked that. I really liked the choice. The more I watch it, the more odd it seems to me. And I don't know what it is. I can't really put my finger on it. But it's. I mean, you're getting... We we rarely get to see the aftermath of Return. And so that was kind of a nice way to do that but it's almost it it's so drastically different than anything we've done in this story or even before that it's just it it makes me think of clip montages from uh sitcoms back
1: yeah in it had that feel to yeah, it yeah so i think it works maybe because it's ian and barbara I mean, you know, we did not get a clip montage when Susan left. <laughs> and well, that and was also a bit
2: uh, more somber. A, a it, bit more somber. And, and well, we, and
3: I'm going to give you a spoiler. We won't get a clip montage of Katarina leaving because it's going to be like this. <laughs> <laughs> and that'll be the only clip you get. One and clip. people that are listening is going to see what I just did. But <laughs> <laughs> you can imagine.
1: Um, and, well, and then, of course, all of the rest of the companions that go. It's it, Like you said, it's very rare that we kind of get to find out the, this, their, their travels with the doctor are over. You're now off the show. So, it, to some extent, we don't care about you any longer.
2: Or sometimes, like no, no, you don't even get <coughs> <on
0: your
1: buy."> a <laughs> goodbye. Yeah, you're <laughs> off your camera. He's <laughs>
3: completely off screen.
1: But um, I, I think maybe because they were there from the beginning, that this, this felt a little more needed. And I don't know. I, I, we've all, I, I ship Ian and Barbara. <laughs> it's like, I liked
0: the
2: it, fact it, that and it we helps got lead to that them being together yeah. after. After the, the time. other
1: thing that I really like is that we come full circle with the the giant TV and that they get a visualizer moment yeah. of yeah. the fact that the doctor is aware that they made it back and they're safe and yeah. they're okay. Yeah. And that I needed. It, it, it helped forgive the tantrum. Mm-hmm. That if he well, was... Because really- he
2: tries to couch the tantrum and I'm not going to support a suicide mission yeah. because right. you can't control this thing.
1: Well, and I, I Although like he, I, interesting I, I, that he was the one that ran out the door to go confront Robot Doctor, right? Right. <laughs> with not really thinking of if this doesn't work and they fry me, they're stuck.
3: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. I, I like too that he he does make the mention at the end that he's going to miss him, and I, it's just it, 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 they, yeah. it that was well done. I just I really like the way that that's done,
1: and I like the way that Vicky underplayed it with. Just coming up and putting her hand on him and, and kind of patting him and then guiding him out of the room to kind of you know let's go we've got stuff to do and Joe you know, didn't make a big deal out of it yeah. didn't make yeah. a speech just okay
3: it's it's at that point that you really feel that Vicky gets the doctor that she's made this really good connection mm-hmm. you know and, mm-hmm. and and I love the idea that when she's he's saying are you going to leave me too and he this is earlier on when they've announced early. And she's no, of course, I'm going to go back to their time. I mean, well, what would I go back to ancient <laughs> Earth for? <laughs> so,
1: it was fun. And then poor Stephen. <clears throat> last we technically saw of him was running down an exploding corridor with Panda Bear in hand.
3: Yeah, but we know where he's at. But we know. <laughs> well, what was he going back after?
2: The panda. The what
1: was panda. He going, okay. That's the panda. I Which I did not does, realize. Does that
3: help now, the whole
2: panda? Yeah, it really does. I kind, it kind of want time to... <laughs> hop right in the time after watching that <laughs> I, episode i, right I did
1: I, not get that that was the, the panda. same panda yeah I, panda like i said i've seen this but it's been years and years and years and it's I, so
2: I, interesting just now having it
1: in context it, yeah it I wasn't until remember. I, like up, I introduced them that i went oh I think chair, you guys, panda
3: you chair. guys back in the day you guys talked about the randomness of the panda in the chair and i said it oh, won't be so random when it won't be so random once we get to another story. And I think is what I told you I guys. think you're I right. that yeah, No, it's not as random. But I, I couldn't give it away because I, I wanted you guys to get that satisfaction of, oh, that's where the panda comes from.
1: <laughs> I was very satisfied. I did not realize that that was, that was the thing. Yeah. Enjoy that one, Keith. You don't get many of those anymore. <laughs>
2: that was a long payoff, too. <laughs> How long ago did we do Time Metal? <laughs> Forever ago. <or> ago.
1: <laughs> well that brings us, I think, to the meat of the archive. Yes. Let's let's talk mechanoids. Aside from their uh odd zookeeping habits and <laughs> and poor building choices. What do you think of the mechanoids, Keith? I want more of them. <laughs> Because honestly,
2: there hasn't been they're enough. <laughs> there, there. I think it was uh, Dan tweeted out that it was either Dan or um, Mike had tweeted out that they were just. Oh no, it was James. James tweeted out that they were just nearly to the awesome level of the quarks.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> if they were just a little bit cuter, they would be much cooler. Well, the problem is, is there's not enough mechanoids in the stories. <laughs> the most mechanoids we get is in, uh, the Juggernauts. That's, that's, yes. that's the bigger problem with this archive.
3: Yeah, I, I think the the first uh, comic that we did was the World That Waits. I think that we get a pretty even yeah, dosing. That, that's a I good think, amount of mechanoids. Of, of mechanoids in that one. Um, it's not until we get to the Eve of War and Impasse. And for anybody that doesn't know the uh, World that waits was a TV comic uh, back in the day when they were doing the Doctor Who television uh, TV comics. They were also doing uh, Terry Nation's uh, Daleks, which were Dalek stories that they they would do as well. They had the rights to do as well, and these are framed around no. There's no Doctor in these whatsoever, and so the first one we did was from the TV from the uh, TV comic story, The World That Waits, and uh, it's it. it I, I can't place where this chronologically would have been, because the Daleks don't know anything about the MechaNoids from in the chase. But at this point, clearly they are engaged in a war, or, or is this one where they they sort of kind of have they they just rearrived? I'm trying to pull it up. Now. Yeah, I, I I can't remember for certain on this one, but anyway, um, there's a lot of the same trappings of. What we The little abbreviated battle we get in the chase is sort of here in this comic as well. It's almost like this comic reimagines that battle between the Daleks and the Mechanoids all the way down to the, the city burning and collapsing. Yeah, yeah, so really this is, is almost a, that piece without the... Uh, we there. It's even talked about the light, the light source being yeah. controlled by the Mechanoids at this point. Um, and so it, it really kind of... Fleshes out to me the battle of those mechanoids and the the Daleks maybe a little bit more. Um, it even talks about the fungus uh, plants on the surface, and uh, I think it imagines them a little better than they did in the production <laughs> of the story. But you could do that with a comic. Yeah, book.
1: you didn't you didn't dig on the giant toadstool?
3: Oh <laughs> well, yeah, I think the toadstools were kind of cool too. I like how the, the one has plucked the uh, the uh, one mechanoid or the one. Uh, Dalek from the ground and brought it back and then turned it against the other <laughs> yeah, Daleks. that was so a that nice was touch. That was kind of cool. Um, but Sean mentioned it earlier, and, and that's what this boils down to. Is He says he feel he felt like this was a little more of a Dalek. Uh, <laughs> 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 a, a Dalek of, archive. Me, somebody uh, trying yeah. to weasel more Daleks into an archive. But I think... The concept of this raging war between the Daleks and the Mechanoids, I've I've, I've always been kind of fascinated with.
2: It's kind of cool that he, Terror Nation, decides to flesh it out in the comics, and then it almost feels like he revisits the entire idea with the Mavellans later on. Yes, I think you're right. It's kind of like, oh, that kind of worked. I enjoyed that bit in the comics, so let's bring that to television.
1: Would Would you like my theory? The Movellons, or the, uh, the, the Mechanoids realizing that their ridiculous design flaws are not going to beat the Daleks <laughs> because they can't fit through doorways, engineer the Movellans <laughs> as their super weapon, and the Movellans pick up the fight and continue <laughs> on to to be the Dalek killers. Oh, there you go. Yeah, I that like works. that.
3: The, uh, the, the, I think the thing that's most quite interesting to me is that <laughs> Nation invents the Daleks, who are these little blobs of aliens that are in these Dalek casings that don't really seem very suited for any sort of battle or environment. (laughs) And then he gets another chance at inventing another (laughs) monster. And he makes just a larger, bulkier version of a Dalek. (laughs) A ball version of a Dalek. Um (laughs) <laughs> but I've always kind of liked the look of the Mechanoids. I think it's kind of a, it's a stylized, futuristic look. Well, I, 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 I also
2: like it. how the, the voice is different than yeah. the
3: Dalek voice. I agree. And I, did anybody, when they were reading these comics, hear the Dalek voices when the Daleks Oh, yeah. The, and the, the, the Mechanoid voices the when the Mechanoids Oh, yeah, The font so great. I, you had to read it a little faster to get through it. But the, I, 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 I imagined that the Mechanoids read or spoke these lines much slower than they do yeah. read in the comic book as well. Because they say a lot more in the uh, in this. But if you'll notice during the battle in the chase, the mechanoids are saying long streams of strings of things, yeah, so it's not true. outside their purview. Um, but I quite like this. What I, I what I really like was the, the story
2: almost also, sorry. Go ahead, uh, go ahead. Pl- placing wise, it feels almost like the mechanoids obviously build a bigger city than what we had. And it's the Daleks coming to get revenge on the ones that. Were, that's what that I were was killed. trying.
3: That's how I was trying to place this, because that's what it seems is that then, they've come to avenge the the first wave of Daleks. I can kind of imagine that this is maybe a wave of Daleks that the that the Emperor sent to find out what happened to the yeah, other Daleks. Yeah, I could see that totally. However, this must be. I presume they've built either rebuilt the city, or expanded it, or. This is a different city somewhere oh, well, else. That there too. are several mechanoid yeah, cities still cities on the planet of Mechanis. And this is happens to be they wa- the one they come to in this one, so. Um but it seems the Daleks get the upper hand in this one, <laughs> uh, this time and fly away not, not realizing that there's still a mechanoid. At least one mechanoid yeah. still alive at the end, so the uh, the next two comics that we reviewed were uh, Eve of War and Impasse, and Eve of War, if I remember, was the Daleks were creating a space station right above the planet of Mechanus, and they're almost A preparing- uh, space station above Scaro. Scaro, that's right, that's right. Yeah. and but they're preparing. <clears throat> well, they're preparing for a battle against the mechanoids because they are one going to go again. and yeah.
1: they're, they're going to use the space station as their Orbitari, orbi- Orbitari orbit, orbital departure yep. point to launch right. the offensive It was a hard word to get out
3: and the mechanoids um, kind of have the upper hand without the Daleks knowing it the mechanoids have sent a scout battle ship <laughs> <laughs> ahead to Scaro and they're bringing the the battle to Scaro, yeah uh, unbeknownst to the Daleks. And I thought it was interesting that it's revisited the idea in a different way of taking over, using the the mind cloud uh, stuff in order to oh, yeah. cloud the Daleks' uh, sense of what's going on and making it appear that the Daleks are his enemy and using kind of I really like that aspect, in, yeah. within the uh, uh, station in order to basically use a Dalek to fight other Daleks. Yeah, yeah, and of course the. Emperor Dalek Figures
1: this out <laughs> Just uh, 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 In the comic production These are uh, in color And uh, I don't know if you guys noticed But the bumper design Of the Daleks Is much larger Than uh, What it is on the show Which makes me wonder If these are supposed to be Movie version Daleks kind of, They do oh, look like yeah, okay. and do kind of In fact look, look at the, got the uh, ear. ear eye
3: stock, Or not the eye stocks, the uh, ear Which now
1: makes ears. me wonder If this entire Series is set In an alternate continuity It's <laughs> <laughs> <That's> quite possible
3: <laughs> I think they used what was being po- was popular
1: at yep. the time, and the movies yeah.
3: happened to be very popular at that time.
2: I find it interesting that the Emperor Dalek almost looks like the Davros Dalek
3: thing that he's in and later on. It is. And, in fact, that's the same design I think they used in, not Evil of the Daleks, Power of the Daleks. No, Evil of the Daleks. That's that's the Emperor design in Evil uh, There, of the There is, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, so there, that's there, a pre- there, there, that a is a previous, set yeah, okay. there is a precedent set. Um, anyway so Not sure we, I'm a big fan we get of, the design, kind of a, but... just a little bit of a skirmish in this particular story arc um, the next one's my favorite impasse <laughs> because I love the idea that there's this kind of United Nations type <laughs> entity <laughs> that knows that they' which... that the Daleks and the mechanoids are going to go to war and they're afraid to get caught in the middle of it and so they designed this robot which is called the 2k 2k robot. Uh, to infiltrate both factions is the idea to try to prevent the war between the Daleks and the Mechanoids. And the entire story follows 2K who almost has more of a humanoid personality. He's like Boba Fett. He really is. is. And he does infiltrate the Daleks and he's captured and he escapes. But in the escape he ends up going to Mechanoid and convincing the Dalek – or convincing the Mechanoids that the Daleks weren't necessarily coming – or they were coming to uh, destroy the Mechanoids but decided against it and ended up saving the Mechanoids, and the Mechanoids believe it. And they're like, <laughs> but they, they, the Daleks will never be our uh, friends. They'll always be our enemies, but but we won't go to war with them now because <laughs> they, they have essentially – although. The Daleks really, in truth, were just trying to save themselves because K two had set the yeah. <laughs> the device against them. So I really like that. I like the hope from being from the perspective of, of this lone robot that comes in and through sub, sub, through sabotage <laughs> uh, ends up uh, stopping and thwarting the war. I thought that was that, that was quite enjoyable. A lot a lot of fun.
2: It's just a shame that the mechanoids don't show up till the very end. Yeah, the me-
3: <laughs> mechanoids aren't in this much. In fact, it isn't until the 2QA robot goes to Mechanus yeah. that, that we do finally see the mechanoids. I think there's, uh, there's a couple of shots in the setup. But beyond that, that's pretty much all we get in that in that story. So, um, But the mechanoids are in it, so yeah, that's, that's uh, the important counts. thing. It's it's part of our archive. Um, do you want to move on to the last story? Don't you guys have anything else to say about the impasse and... Just
1: briefly, I wanted to uh, share a tweet that uh, uh, Endless Mike um, over at the uh, Timescoop podcast shared with us. He joined us for Friday night. And he comes on and says, Sorry I Disappeared was writing first chapter of a fiction with Frankenstein, a mechanoid, and Absalom Dak fighting Daleks. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, I expect regular progress updates <laughs> on this. I, I, I have to read this thing. so That's cool.
2: The last one is a short story by Justin Richards in the Cult of Scarrow book, and this is the one where the mechanoids are killed. <laughs> <laughs> the final <laughs> resistance of the mechanoids at the final stronghold, and they're destroyed. The mechanoids are only in the first, like, three pages. <laughs>
1: Now, did you take it as the actual end of the mechanoid menace, kind of, or, or, kind of or was it just impression. a mechanoid stronghold?
2: Well, it says this is the final stronghold of the mechanoid resistance. So who knows if it's referring to just this specific planet or the entire universe.
1: I didn't read it as entire, but I, I, guess did I, it. I guess it could be. Maybe it's
3: just that one city. That could be. We just
1: determined Another there's already other yeah. cities. <laughs> anybody's going to kill them off I'm okay with Justin Richards doing it
2: (laughs) yeah in the in the setting too because what the story really is is the origins of the cult of Scarrow (laughs) which is where the story gets really high marks for me for that aspect of it just low marks for the mechanoid aspect death of the mechanoids
3: I like that finally somebody kind of took on the origin of the cult of Scarrow I'm kind of glad that they did it in this way because it's not it's not overdone but it really gives you a good sense of why these particular um so Dolphins. following yeah
2: uh the Dalek Sex. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
3: So um I really I thought that was kind of cool. And especially that they set up Dalek Sex story and the rest of them you just it's just mentioned that they're they were, they were the best too. in their field. Yeah. You know. So, yeah, starting this out on Mechanists is the, the final volley against the Mechanoids. I thought it was, was neat and a neat tie-in to the Mechanoids, <laughs> bringing them into Doohoo in yeah. such a way that it's, even though it's Expanded Universe, uh, gives them a little bit of a uh, footing into the new series.
2: And it's one thing for Terry Nation to write TV comics with Mechanoids in them. It's another thing for another author to bring them in. Yeah, agreed.
3: In such a clever way. As the Juggernauts uh, brought him into uh, yeah. later Classic Who, and the uh, well, at least in the big finish universe. <laughs> what did you, Sean? You really kind of you you tipped your hat to us earlier in the week when you uh, texted about reading this. Well, you, I think you'll have a lot more to say about this than we will. Um,
1: I just I, I, I've not made my love of, of Justin Richards stuff secret uh, by any stretch of the <laughs> imagination. I've enjoyed just about everything we've, we've, we've read from the guy. Um, and so just to find that this was in this, you know, this uh, basically a children's book, um, it
0: really is. an info
2: book, an info book, a reference those. book.
1: But what's interesting is that the, the, the story does not read like a children's short story. It's not read. aimed at kids at all. I mean, it's got some, <laughs> some big mm-hmm. words. I had to look a couple of them up and, uh, <laughs> I just, it, just, it, it just, it reads like a Doctor Who story, which was I great. Um, I love the fact that while the mechanoids, depending on which side you're going to come down on, did or did not get their due <laughs> at the beginning of the thing, <laughs> doing an origin for the Cult of Scarrow was, I didn't know that's where we were going with it until we got to that point. Yeah. And then went, <clears throat>
3: Which is oh, funny because cool. it's called Doctor Who Files Number 11, The Cult of Scarrow.
2: Yeah,
1: and it's a, it's a story
2: <laughs> called Birth of a Legend. <laughs>
1: yeah, it should have tipped me off to that. Um, did, did not. Um, I, I just, I, I like the fact the Emperor, you know, we're, we're there at that moment when the Emperor sets it up and says, your job is to go and think of the things that we can't think of because we're not programmed to think that way. Go Go do something different. And the fact that it's you know, in a way sex story that he's SEC sects <laughs> story that he's the one that, you know, is fighting the mechanoids. And he's yeah. the one that's the, I'm going to, I'm going to say he. he's <laughs> chosen to light, to lead. He, yeah. He's the one that's chosen to, to lead them and do all this kind of stuff. And he, you know, tragic in the, a way that we know the it, downfall of right, sec later, right. um,
3: well, they even go to explain the the idea of the black casing, which we hadn't seen since the classic series. Yeah. The black Dalek being the commander or leader of of particular uh, groups of of uh, Daleks. So, yeah, I quite I quite enjoyed this. It was that was a neat little treat.
1: But um, yeah, no, it was just it, it was. I read this one first. I did too, <laughs> <laughs> and wished I had wear it last. Yes, me because too. Because it was it the perfect cherry That's on top yeah. of that whole thing, especially ending if, as Keith points out, maybe this is in fact if it's the end—the I mean. end of the mechanoid uh, menace uh, until Davros being Davros brings them. Back.
3: <laughs> it's it's funny too reading the stories that that we read. It you kind of when you're when you're reading a story about two. Doctor Who monsters or villains, essentially pitted against each other. You sort of have to now. Obviously, I'm going to come down and root for the Daleks, but it's it's the Daleks' story, and they're really written in a way that you with. I think maybe that's why I like the two K robot so much, Mm -hmm. is because it takes you out of having to pick one of the sides to root for. It it gives you a middle ground in order to for somebody a hero in the story but it's interesting when you read the other stories you you have to pick a side and i i personally went with the daleks because number one i'm like them and number two you're more familiar with them yeah and so but the mechanoids you almost i mean the, the dal when you think about it the daleks came from kind of in a nefarious beginning and start and they're almost more of a threat than the mechanoids are from the whole perspective of everything because while the mechanoids kind of lost their way based on their programming they originally came from earth they were designed by the humans to be helping ro- helper robots the daleks were built as war machines but you find yourself tanks. you find yourself being on the side of the daleks when you're reading these stories so it's kind of an interesting dichotomy
0: there
1: if we're going to go to the extent that, you know, if, 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 if this batch of mechanoids um, on mechanists that, that wound up kind of going off reservation and became the foundation because they're self-replicating and self-repairing and all this kind of stuff. And th- this was where all future mechanoid interactions come from, this group that we get at the end of the chase. I am surprised that it took them so long and what, what I mean is it's, it's a robot that's designed to be self-replicating, self-repairing. It's a helper droid. And as the, the wonderful intro that we got uh, that talks about their versatility, that they can terraform, that they can do this, they can do that. They can, they can do all of these things, and they're infinitely adaptable.
0: They make
3: coffee.
1: <laughs> they should have been able to mop up the Daleks in about a <laughs> yeah, month yeah, and a half. What do
3: you
2: think?
1: <laughs> Because or at least put them in a strong stalemate, as we've seen. Well, the Daleks have one plan. <laughs> 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 That's to go in and smash things up, and it never works. And the, the mechanoids should have been able to, uh, you know, after one, maybe two or three encounters, adapt and and come up with something different. And and so we kind of get those pieces in the in the in these comics with you know a, a mind ray and a, a you know we're going to take over one and we're going to do this, and. I, I, and then all of a sudden when you get to <laughs> Justin Richards and you know, maybe they just bit a little too hard into the 2K robots uh, peace initiative That's was like, <laughs> oh, well, okay, well, we'll leave them alone. And then obviously the Daleks came back and smashed them at the beginning yeah. of the Justin Richards things. And that's what did them in is right. they, they were too trusting. Right. But on paper, this <laughs> war of the gargantuans probably should have gone to the mechanoids.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, true. And certainly true. So there you go. There's a, another adversary archive, this time the mechanoids. Uh, we do seem to be digging for <laughs> But I felt like we needed to Impromptu- get it in, especially when, whether else. it was inadvertently or inadvertently, got the uh, mechanoids onto the schedule two weeks in a row. I thought, I, we gotta we got to do this now. So.
1: I would love to be able to take credit for it. And as originally scheduled, it would have been phenomenal. And, yes, I would have taken credit for it. <laughs> then some changes to the schedule happened, and it wound up being a happy accident because I'd forgotten that the mechanoids were in the, the, the juggernauts. Or the juggernauts, yeah. Um, and, and then it wasn't until Glenn went, oh, <laughs> I see what you did there. And I went, what did I do? I did. I texted
3: him. And I said, oh, I see what you did there.
1: So there, there was that.
3: Or I think I said.
1: The mechanoids. Oh, you're clever. <laughs> <laughs> it was planned, and then it wasn't. <laughs> so it went from being awesome to a happy
0: accident.
1: <laughs> I'm still going to come down on the, you know, God love Terry Nation for continuing to try to top the se- the success of the Daleks with yet another ridiculously designed robot <laughs> that kids are just going to love to play with. And, uh, and whose voice is harder to imitate. I <laughs> couldn't understand yeah. follow. That was really the only word that I, I think I got out of them. But, English. um, <laughs> you know, I suppose if, if all else fails, you can throw your mechanoid toys at your, 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 <laughs> your friends when they disagree with you over who's winning the war. It's got to hurt a little bit with those. That's in the box set, right? There's that first doctor box set.
0: I think the, you're right. The there's there a
3: mechanoid in there, yeah. A big bulky block. 20 what, sided die looking thing.
1: Why isn't there a chumbly?
3: <laughs> All right, Sean, what do we got coming up on the schedule?
1: Coming up on the schedule next week is Delta and the Bannerman starring Sylvester McCoy. Uh, for Friday Night Who on the 15th, and uh, that leads us into our episode next week, which is a return to the Beyond the Doctor series. Uh, For those of you that have been uh, listening to us for a while, you will remember that the uh, first part of last year we were doing uh, shows, kind of showcasing each actor that has played the Doctor in a role outside of Doctor Who. Uh, So for Sylvester McCoy, we've chosen to do Dracula, which is the 1979 uh, Frank Langella, Mm-hmm. Uh, a starring vehicle um, But Sylvester McCoy's in it I don't know for how much, but we'll find out And so we will kind of discuss that and the impact And uh, kind of a little special Bit, I think, for us Since we, we've we've met Sylvester McCoy And, you know, kind of have that insight On him as well, yeah. a little different um, Then we will follow that up with uh, The Clause of Axos With John Pertwee the following week We've already reviewed that story uh, Which will open up A uh, our uh, episode number two sixty five for our um, spoiler filled book review of Lethbridge Stewart, the Beast of Fang Rock, by a friend of the show Andy Uh We'll also cover the short uh, in the Lethbridge Stewart stories, the Cult of the Grinning Man, and uh, then we'll catch up with some Titan Comics uh, with the Tenth Doctor stories that are uh, out and about. And I believe finish as of right, season one. We'll, we should be able to finish off season one and go up through. I think it's issues eleven through fifteen. Uh, And then Scream of the up for Friday Night Who, which will lead us into some other things that are coming down the pipe. And, of course, schedule is posted on the website, which you can go to if you would like to follow along with your homework at home. That's
3: uh, www.travelingthevortex.com. And on that site, you can also find some links to some uh, stores, Amazon link there, if you doing some shopping and you want to click through there that'll uh, help us in uh, a small way, a percentage of anything that uh, clicks through there uh, that you buy uh, goes back to this show and we want to thank Ben who recently made some purchases through there and gave us a heads up you can also uh, shop on Entertainment Earth just by clicking through that link there as well and then of course we have uh, which I think is most of our financial support because all of it 100% goes back into this show is uh, Patreon, so if you're a subscriber thank you very much for subscribing to us on Patreon and and uh, Helping support us that way. If you're not a subscriber, if you're not a subscriber, go ahead and please check it out, and uh, hopefully you'll do so. We're also on the various forms of social media, which include:
2: we are on Facebook, Traveling the Vortex; Twitter at Travel Vortex; uh, we have the Goodreads book club, uh, Traveling the Vortex. Just search that on Goodreads. Uh, Google+, Plus, other s- various forms of social media, and of course if you want to send us feedback, you can send it to feedback at Traveling the Vortex oh, like Chris did, or you can hop on the website and fill
3: out the form, and it should come to us. We someday. believe it's working. Yes. <laughs> Alright, is there anything else that we need to touch on?
1: Um, just a note in regards to the book club, I went out and picked up my copy of Legends of a Shielder, which is the January book uh, for the Traveling Vortex book club, so I will be uh, jumping on that uh, momentarily, now that I've finished my reading assignments for this week, <laughs> that did not feature the mechanoids <laughs> for our mechanoid archive.
3: I read uh, the first story.
1: Got a whole bunch of Daleks for our mechanoid archive.
3: There was Daleks in the first story of a shoulder, too, so... Oh, really? Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's not.
1: Picking up a theme here, Glenn. <laughs>
3: All right, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Glenn.
1: I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for for listening. listening. And that. (laughs) I was late. You have been listening
3: to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.